We'll get an update on Michigan spring football and also Michigan basketball. Third or a three seed, it won't be the third seed, it'll be the three seed on the NIT bracket. You know, the and Anthony Broom is checking in for the Wolverine.com. Anthony, the minute I saw that they were a three seed and I watched the selection show and then later last night, you know, we get word at the Wolverine.com about Michigan and the NIT. A lot of us were overvaluing Michigan at the end. Like they still had a chance to get in. There was still hope. Even if they beat Rutgers, they might get to the playing game. But based on what I saw with the unveiling of the bracket, with the tournament chairman said about what they were looking at and the fact that they're on the three line for the NIT tells me that I don't think they were close after they lost at Illinois and Indiana. It was like, unless they won the Big Ten tournament, they weren't getting in. Yeah, I think a lot of us felt that, uh, again, um, you know, the buzz that they could have been a team that made the first four if they just, uh, you know, took care of business against Rutgers. That was just that buzz. I still felt like for in order for them to truly be in the conversation come Selection Sunday, I think it was going to – it would have involved them getting to 19 wins, and obviously uh, they fell too short. So uh really interesting scenario with the NIT bracket. I mean, we wait until – I think it was originally supposed to come out at nine. They pushed it back to 10 and it comes out in Michigan's a, a two seed, which means, you know, if, if they win, uh, they would host two games in that tournament. And then overnight it's just revealed that the NIT screwed up. It's flip flopped and that Vanderbilt is the two seed. So now um, depending on what happens in that game uh, with Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt and Yale, um, Michigan will either, play another game at Chrysler or not play, you know, go to Vanderbilt or not play at all. We don't know what will happen with this game with Toledo tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. Um, you know the fact of the matter is it's, it's pretty binary here. Like, they didn't do enough to get in. So, um, you know, I, I give them credit in that, you know, I don't think anyone who doesn't do the work necessary to get into the NCAA tournament should puff their chest out and act like the NIT is beneath them, uh, you know, like North Carolina did. I think if you have the opportunity to go out and compete and the moniker of your program is, you know, four competitors only, you go out there and play the game. Even if it's, you know, um, you know, even if it's sort of like the, like an exhibition style event, like it has taken shape to be over the years. So, yeah, I mean, it's not what anyone wanted. Uh, I don't know that anyone's fired up about it, but, um, it's postseason basketball, and if you're going to accept the invite, you may as well win the game. And if you're going to play the games, you, you may as well just go out and win all. Of them. So at this point, I'm you know I can't you can't put lipstick on a pig, but um, it's an opportunity to to grow and compete and um, you know set a foundation going into the off season. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Yeah. How they finish uh, against Toledo. If Toledo beats them and it's ugly, uh, that, that's going to be a long offseason for Juwan Howard and Michigan basketball. So even though it is NIT, I think I have more curiosity in this game than I would a playing game in Dayton. And it's kind of crazy. I was thinking about that earlier this morning at breakfast. That I'm curious to see the response to Toledo. And Toledo's a quality MAC team, won the MAC regular season title and how they respond. Because they've done that all year. They'll, they'll have a great game. Then they'll play like they've never played together ever. And that's been the MO of this team. Inconsistency just destroyed this season. Yeah, it's going to be, again, I mean, there's a little juice in it that in that it's going to be, an, 
for the first time ever under Jawan Howard, it's going to be how do you respond when there's when there's really nothing to play for? I mean, um, I don't think that the game result will. I mean, there's nothing they could do in the NIT that is going to rewrite the narrative of the season. Like if they lose tomorrow, people will be pissed, but eventually it'll just kind of get lumped into the outrage that was this year in general. If they go out and win the NIT, people are going to be pissed that this team couldn't figure it out enough to get one or two more wins in the regular season and, and get themselves in the NCAA tournament. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. I mean, we talk about, um, you know, how, how strong is your culture? How, you know, how do you, how do you get your players to, how do you get those guys to get up for something like this? Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, if you aspire to play and succeed in postseason basketball uh, in the future, obviously it's not something they can do this year. You, you go out and you treat this like that. Um, you treat the NIT like, um, you know, cause you look at, I mean, you look at all these teams in the field. I mean, you know, I know Toledo's very good and, you know, I, I dabble in a bit of Mac basketball and, and those guys can, can fill it up and, you know, obviously did their part. Uh, shame they couldn't get to the NCAA tournament. Cause I think the way they shoot the basketball would have made them a really tough out. But, um, you know, like I said, it, it challenges your metal. It challenges what you're made of. And, when there's nothing left to play for, that's really all you have. And, and I, I mean, if they if they lose the game, it's going to be disappointing. If they win the game, I, again, I, I don't think anyone's going to go crazy over it. But you just look at the talent. You look at this field, and you, know, you think, why not Michigan? Why 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 couldn't they just make some? You know, why why wouldn't they just make this interesting moving forward? So, I mean, to sit here and pretend I have any idea how it's going to go, I don't know. Um, you know, the stink of that Rutgers game from a few days ago is still still pretty pungent. It hasn't really it hasn't really uh, sifted away for me just yet. But again, um, you know, we're talking about how this is a critical offseason for Michigan. And, you know, it's kind of a, one of those crossroads for, for Jawan Howard and the program. Just go out there and take care of business. And again, I know it's not what people wanted, but those are the games in front of you now. They chose to compete. So you better you better put your best product out there. His name is Anthony Broom for the Wolverine.com, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Uh, before I let you go, a couple things. First, uh, what's the latest buzz from Shem Beckler Hall about Michigan spring football? Yeah, we were in there earlier today. Uh, talked to a couple players, Carson Barnhart, Junior Colson, um, and Braden McGregor. And I think it's just, um, again, you know, the, uh, you know the, the tidbits, the stuff from practice, obviously that's all out and, and Reported on our website uh, by Chris Ballas. There's an update that was up this afternoon. I, I would suggest people go check out. But in terms of the, the tangible things um, that we can pull from these press conferences, it just seems like this is a team that, um, you know, they, like last year, where they took that Georgia loss to heart and used it to go back in the lab and, and reshape themselves and their mentality into the offseason. I think that TCU game is doing that for them. And then and seeing how they let that opportunity slip away to TCU. Um, and then you see what Georgia does to that team after that. I think they're kicking themselves that they felt like they could have put up more of a fight. Uh, they just didn't have their best day. And now it's, you know, it's, it's a process to, to get there. I mean, you, you can get to the playoff a few times and, um, and kind of get kicked in the teeth, but the only thing that matters now is getting back and, you know, I, I think guys are making physical strides. I think the roster again is is deeper. Uh, we talk about the you know we've last couple of weeks we've been tracking NFL draft stuff and then the combine and all that. And 
you know, you hear him say on the broadcast, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who was like, yeah, you're watching the film of these other guys and going, oh, okay, that guy's back or, or this guy's back. And, you know, the story for the, like Michigan, you know, as it pertains to the NFL draft this year has been the guys that aren't in it. So I, I think this roster is deeper than last year. I think at least some of the guys we've seen, I mean, you can tell there's, there's tangible physical progress being made. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think they're in a good spot right now. I think the, the guys are, have rebounded nicely. I think they've taken, you know, they've taken that loss on the chin and they're kind of using it as fuel moving forward. So uh, I don't expect, based on what I've seen so far, I haven't been in practice. We'll see the spring game on April 1st, but I don't expect a drop off from this group this year. And, you know, hearing those guys talk and hearing some of the updates that have come out of there, um, it doesn't sound like that's on the table for them. His name is Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com. Also, Anthony, I know through following you on Twitter, talking to you, you're a huge Lions fan. Uh, I Today, just another big day for the franchise moving forward on needs of re-signing current players, grabbing cornerback Cam Sutton from the Steelers. Secondary, three years, $33 million. Anzalone, they do overpay maybe a little. Three years, over $18 mil, but $6 mil a year now doesn't seem like a high number in the NFL. Isaiah Bugs gets a two-year deal worth, uh, I think with bonuses, potentially $3 million on each side. Uh, they're just making the right moves. There was one move I saw today that Case Keenum signed on to be the backup with the Texans, and he's the type of backup I'm looking for with the Lions right now, with the team they're building, they're a play away from not having golf and they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with free agency for me is that, um, you know, just obviously following the Lions that I had, I used to cover the NFL in a past life. Um, you know, to me, the free agents, you know, people get out of, been out of shape about, you know, some of the big deals and, and not getting in on the big guys. Free agency is fool's goal. Uh, I think you can use it to augment your roster. I think you can use it to bring in guys that are maybe a tier below, um, you know, of, of top flight, you know, move the needle type of players. I like what the Lions have done. Um, I think that it's still going to be the bones of what they do are still going to come through the draft. And I, I like what they've done there in terms of acquiring young talent. And, and you go into the draft with all this capital to, you know, add, you know, at least one blue chip guy, you're going to have the picket six and, who knows? Maybe you move some some pieces around, and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to be aggressive to go out and, and get the guys that they want. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've, I covered the league for a few years, and, and you know, you you look how the Lions have traditionally operated compared to the rest of the league, and you're like, gosh, I, I just wish someone did someone could come here and make moves that make football sense. And now, you know, I feel like you, know, you look at what they do, and you see how people talk about them, and, and they're in those conversations, and it's. It's cool to see. It's cool to see competent management um, in that organization. Is it going to lead to, you know, playoff wins and all that? We'll see. But I like where things are headed for sure. Amen. And also, I like where the NFC is headed. So if the reports are true today that the deal is done, as Trey Wingo said, with uh, Rodgers going from Green Bay uh, to the AFC now with the Jets, you you look at the situation with Brock Purdy having the baseball-like surgery for the elbow. They just announced that they've signed Sam Darnold to a one-year deal just in case Purdy can't come back or Trey Lance doesn't work out. He's still a work in progress. The Packers are going to have a new quarterback. Field still isn't a polished passer. They're rebuilding. You know, outside of Jalen Hurts, Brady retiring, you start to do the math, and this is going to sound crazy because we don't know about Kyler Murray's health 
You, you start to do the math, and Jared Goff is a top two or three quarterback going into this season in the NFC. Behind Hurts, obviously, number one. Think about that. Yeah. Dak Prescott would be in the argument, and maybe the way Geno Smith played last year for Seattle. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Um, and also, like, it, it goes to show, like, they have that, you know, Detroit sports in general, I feel like for 10 years, everyone's been talking, oh, just wait until next year. Oh, wait. You know, they're, they're another draft or two away, or they're another big free agent or two away. Um, the way that this shakes out for them, your window is right now. So Amen. I'd like, I'd like to see them be aggressive because that, the NFC North stinks. Uh, nothing about the rest of the, uh, the rest of the conference really scares you. Um, so yeah, go for it. I mean, I think it all, you know, you're, you're paying a quarterback who is a top 10 guy last year, half of what some of these guys are making now to keep playing that way. You're going to have to put some more money in his pocket, but um, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade their situation for most teams right now. Saying, you know, having Patrick Mahomes or, you know, one of those unicorn type guys on your roster, they're, they're in good shape. It's it's weird to see because two years ago, um, you know, they're a couple plays away from maybe going zero and seven, being the league's first team to ever go zero and seventeen. So it just speaks to, uh, you know, all boats sailing the right direction. That's important when building a program, when building an NFL franchise. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been nice. I mean, uh, between obviously the team I cover in Michigan and the team I've you know. My family was season ticket holders for the Lions for, you know, over 30 years to see that coming together. I mean, it makes for, I know it's March, but, you know, I want football season to start now. Amen. I agree. Same here here with you talking about Michigan and their preseason top two in almost every way to early college football poll. Lions, like it's not crazy. Maybe take away Dallas. You know, I'm looking at going in, health change. Dallas and Philly and Detroit's right there as, you know, the third best team. You know, Vikings didn't re-sign Thalen. Jalen Ramsey is out of the NFC to the Dolphins away from the Rams. I mean, it's it's lining up. You still got to go play the games. We'll wait and see. Anthony, wonderful conversation. You can follow Anthony Broom, B-R-O-O-M-E, on Twitter and also part of the Wolverine.com team. Appreciate the updates. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right, Anthony Broom checking in on the Meyer Guest Side. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics.